I am unashamed. What about you? So, Dad, just got the uh, the news here as we're sitting on set that you have a another great grandson. Oh, that's that's the... yeah. Grant and Julie had their baby Grant this morning. Yeah, which is an awesome blessing. We've been praying for them for a while. They said it's gonna call me. So now, which is kind of interesting, we've talked about this before. With uh, when Jace became a grandfather last year, that four of your five children are grandparents now. Yeah, the only one left that doesn't have a grandchild is Jeff, and uh, but he does have a college age daughter, so it's just probably a few years before that happens. So I don't know; it's a remarkable thing when you think about. Yeah, it. I'm glad I'm hanging around long enough to see him. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a morbid, thought, but <laughs> but he's right. I mean, not a lot of people get to you know, enjoy great grandchildren. I mean, where you're still of sound mind and, and body and with the, with the potential, as that's what I said before we talked about this was of really being able to experience great, great. I mean, you get into four people having them five with Phyllis. When you get that many having children, when y'all show up at some kind of feed, I mean, I'm on the hoot. Which, <laughs> which one is that one? No, is well, Jace had the solution. <sighs> But you know, Will and Corey keeps nixing it. He's right. We need name tags for the family now. Yeah. Just we've we've gotten to that that place. Man. You know, for the for the rest of us. Isn't that right, Jay? I think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you have memory loss that mounts as you yeah. get older. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember. I mean, you know, it's kind of like when you go someplace. You know, like if you're speaking. You don't have to necessarily wear a name tag because you've been advertised. Everybody knows who you are, but, man, it'd be helpful if everybody else had one on. You know, Mom and Dad wouldn't have to wear one or us, but especially all the littles. So congratulations to Grant and Julie, to Phyllis and Tony. What's the, what's the, what they named the baby? Theodore. Theodore. Yep. Are they going to call him Theo? I don't know. That's what we've been calling him it kind of already, so I don't know if that, that is probably going to stick as a nickname. In, in the Robertson family, you know, you got your name, but that's never going to be your name. I mean, no, it's you're always going to get something more or less. I mean, you're going to get some kind of a nickname. That's just kind of the way it works in the family. Well, there is something to be said about leaving a legacy and and trying to stop legacies that are headed the wrong direction. Yeah, which is why we, you know, we're such proponents for adoption and foster care, different things, yep. but and. I mean, you want to break the cycle, but I was had an interesting conversation over the weekend with. I had met a guy uh, via Mr. McGuigan, who's who's been a mentor, you know, to me through his study, the book. He's from Ireland, but he's, uh, he's Irish, Chase. Yeah, he had introduced a fellow. His name was David Powers, and he went on to be with the Lord this past weekend. I'm not sure how his daughter got my number. I guess Mr. McGuigan. I gave it to her, but, and she was, you know, it's hard to have a conversation with someone you've never met, but she was just talking about his legacy, and I was like, well, let me just, let me just tell you, because I get a lot of requests, oh, we're fans or whatever, but I knew this guy was doing the work for the Lord, I mean, dedicated his life, and, uh, I think he was 90, so he lived a full life, but he actually had preached the Sunday before me. He's still preaching at 90. And I said, let me tell you this about me. I gravitate, I pursue people who love Jesus and who are warriors for the Lord. So, because uh, in our conversations that I had with him, which were all on the phone, but you know, I enjoyed him. I, I was trying to learn something from him because I figured out real quick, this guy's a warrior. For, and for, sharp for, as attack. Yeah, for the Lord. So I wanted to mention that. I mean, she had a really good attitude, and we, because we talked about it in the conversation, it's a legacy. You know, it's a torch that is passed on to us. And, you know, we don't retire, we just move to the main office, but we, then it inspires us. Mm -hmm. All the fires that him and his wife had, had put out there for Jesus, in order that God used them for. So I wanted to make mention of it. I mean, it was a, uh, we're sad because just the nature of life ends here. But, I mean, this is what we're all in on. So it, it makes me, it reignites my fire to get Jesus out there and to work on, 
families that can last forever. Because you think about it, without the Lord, you don't have that option. Nope. It's just over. Right. Which is depressing and causes fear and panic, and we see that in our society. But for us, you know, being saved, Paul wrote that to the Corinthians. This is the power of God. I mean, I, I like living. I like right. being a part of a family. I want to live forever. I want to, you know, figure out how to catch some crappie in heaven. Maybe. If it's better than that, I won't. It won't care because it's better than that. But I mean, well, and I always say that we had a <clears throat> we had a sister that responded yesterday at our church, and our church has always been a very open place for people to come forward when they're hurting. You know, that's a nice way to say they will say anything. They'll say anything, yeah. and, and, and and forgiveness and love and support. Well, it's a, we, it's been made safe at our church, and so people feel like they can share what's on their heart. So I had a young sister come down yesterday. I had done her, Lisa and I had done her premarital and wedding like 10 years ago. It's hard to believe it goes by that quickly. And she just she had such an honest response, And but it was to what you were talking about. I, said just, I just thought about it. She said, I'm tired of being angry at God about losing my grandmother. She's been gone over a year, and I'm just I'm I'm angry at God about it because she was so great and so awesome, and I miss her so much, and she was a part of my her kids' life, you know, and so she just you know it it really has upset her, and so we we had a sat there on the front row and had a conversation about that, and of course we pray for, her. but I realized what she meant by that was it's hard to say we'll see you later. I mean, as a Christian, even we believe in the resurrection, which we're going to talk about when we get there in fifteen. But at the same time, we miss each other for that period of time. And so what we talked about with her yesterday was being able to realize that your grandmother, whatever realization she has now of she's run the race, and I don't know if she's like soul sleeping or she has an awareness, but trust me, she wouldn't want to come back. Like once you make the crossover, you don't want to come back until you're ready to resurrect, you know, with, right. your, with your new body. So I was like, I, you know, I realize how it's affecting you because you're still here on the earth, but you got to think about it from their perspective. I mean, Paul said, once I ran the race and gained the prize, that's the ultimate. So you kind of, I was trying to, you know, present to her a different way of looking at this situation. It's not just my loss; it's also Tell her, to, her yeah, game. She may be listening now. We are always Second Corinthians five. We are always confident and know that as long as we're at home in the body where her grandmother was, we are away from the Lord. You're not quite there yet. Correct. We live by faith, not by sight. We're confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. There is something about, you know, you made it. Yeah. The godly know they made it. And it's like, and the race. I'm on, I'm on the other side. I'm on the other side of this thing, but I know I'm at home and with the Lord, and that yeah. brings me comfort. So at some so, point in there, we need to realize that it's not a blackout, or you wouldn't even be aware that you're. That's what I'm saying. I, I really believe okay. there's some awareness. So it's every time I'm wondering, every time I question, I don't know if the Lord uses this podcast I have on these moments because I was in Second Corinthians five. Simultaneously, you turn there as he was contrary reading. to popular belief. We don't really have a schedule. Here. We, just, we really didn't. Was, this today, is a big so. Bible, and I'm at the same place. But, and I'm not making the same point you are. But watch the point I'm going to make, and it goes perfectly with the point you're making. Because I thought about this, and look, I've been guilty of this. I've heard Al say it, and I don't think it's a big deal. Because I think it's just semantics. Because your people will use the term, well, they passed away. No, sir. And, bad, well, bad term. Well, right. And and but I think why we do it is because we don't want to just say they died. Right. That, that seems harsh. It's like, well, he died. So and, people came up with that because so, it sounds a little softer. However, the more I got to thinking about this, because I told you this brother went on to be with the Lord, went home with the Lord. And so I was just, I've been thinking about that this, this weekend. I mean, cause you always, you get to know people out there, even though it was a long distance relationship and I only talked to him a couple of times. I like to have people in my inner circle that really love the Lord. That's the prerequisite. And, and I don't mean just say they love the Lord. It's just by their life. You, you it's just obvious. It, there's no question. 
So I got to think about that term. And you just read that the first part of Second Corinthians five. Well, here's what I thought was interesting. I had never thought about this before. Y'all may have. When he went down to verse sixteen, because he's fixed to talk about, which I know we're going to get into this when we get to Second Corinthians. Mm-hmm. He started talking about the ministry of reconciliation and that we're God's ambassador, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. He says this thing in verse sixteen. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Now, he said that because he just got through saying Christ's love compels us in 14 because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And meaning Jesus died for the sins of the world. He made it possible for us to be sacrificed for our sins through what he did. I don't know what else he could have meant by that. Like Romans right. 6, we all exactly. died to sin. Yeah. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and raised again. So we don't, re- we don't regard people from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. They just thought he was just some guy, you know, from the wrong side of the tracks, Nazareth. But after his resurrection, they thought, okay, let's have a different assessment on this guy. So then it says this. Here's my point. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, so that means your old person has died because Jesus died for your old self, your sin. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. So it, it hit me. It is it is a correct term to use your old self as passed away when you're crucified with Christ because that's gone, which is the reason we probably shouldn't use that term for when someone physically dies. He ain't passed away. He, he, yeah, he, he's, he's at home. Passed away is used when you're crucified with Christ Therefore, Christ was crucified on the cross. The old has passed away. That's mm-hmm. gone. He, he's gone. Right. And to prove that, I just jotted down a, a few, and I won't go through them all, but I don't know how you could be any more clear about him, God, meaning wanting you to understand what exactly happened and his purpose for Jesus dying for you. Just think of the phrases like Acts three nineteen and 20, it says that our sins were wiped out. And 2 Corinthians five seventeen, I just read, the old has passed away. Colossians 2, 11, we, it's been put off. Uh, Romans 6, 6, the old self was crucified. 1 John 1, 7, he purifies us. You know, and you remember with Psalms when David said, uh, he made me whiter than snow. He saved us not because of things we've done, but the washing of rebirth and the regeneration of the Spirit. I mean, he's made it quite clear. When you're talking about wiped out in Colossians 2, he canceled the written code that was against us. All these phrases, that that guy, your old sinful self, is gone. Yep. It's past <clears throat> But the new man, Romans 8, on the positive, Romans 8, 11, if the same spirit that was that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, it will also give life to your mortal body. That one didn't pass away. But I will say this. <clears throat> uh, let's take a break. So, Jace, every month when I get my box of awesome, is what I call it, from our sponsor, Bespoke Post, I get something really cool. Meet this one, if I can get it out of here. This is the claw that came. Check that knife out. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, that's a, And it is a razor sharp. Yeah. That thing could do a lot of different things around your house. Uh, I guess it could be a little bit of a defensive weapon as well, yeah. you know, if you're in a situation where you needed it. But I love it. And so this is the kind of thing that I put in when I go to boxofawesome.com. You take a little quiz, and they find out what you like. And uh, this is the kind of stuff that I like, pocket knives, you know, outdoor-type things. 
Uh, you can sign up. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month anytime. So it's gonna, every month you're going to get a box comes in, and uh, the, each value is $70 or more, but you're only paying a fraction of that. So you're getting a good value as well, and it's a good little surprise every month. So it's boxofawesome.com. You're going to get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up. Enter the code Phil at checkout. So that's boxofawesome.com. Use the code Phil, 20% off of your first box, and get cool things like the claw. To make a case for passed away in the in the physical sense is that when you die, your old body does pass away because it's going to be renewed in the resurrection when your spirit comes back as in reunited with your body. So in a sense, there is a change there as well. I mean, it's it's different. You're right, Jason. Yeah. In the spiritual, but he sense. says that earlier in Second Corinthians five. We're confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body, and you just said it, and at home with the Lord. You know you made it when you know you've left your body. The tent is put away. He starts out by saying we know that this tent we live in, if it's destroyed, we'll have a building from God. Right. So the tent passes away, but you don't. Which, by the way, you, we get you. a lot of questions about cremation. I mean, got tons of emails constantly about this. But And we've said this before, but I want to say it again because I get so many questions that I know you're wondering about out there. Ultimately, if enough time goes by, everyone goes back into the ground, <laughs> back to dirt. Invisible. It, you know, it's well, just. We have all these cultural beliefs about the dead. And, you know, it's like me. When I metal detect or treasure hunt, you know, we don't, I don't go hunting in a graveyard, you know. Right. Because there's just a lot of beliefs out there that this is sacred and that you want to. You want them to have peace, and you know we say all these things. Now they're at it rest. would be it would feel rude to do that, right? I mean, like well, that's right. a, there's some because I think that's more the culture, and I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't wouldn't want to offend someone. Right. My personal belief is it doesn't matter if a nuclear missile, like if someone launched a nuclear missile, and you were the first thing it touched when it blew off, they're literally you literally were vaporized. To me, that has no bearing whatsoever on the outcome of your imperishable body that will come out. Correct. You are correct. I mean, all of a sudden, you're putting God in a box again. He's creating people out of dust and a woman out of a rib. They're like, oh, but if I burn, if I get burned all the way down to ashes, there's no there's no hope for me. Well, think about uh, the What? No, he just... There you are. The thing again. about the biggest waste of money in the world is the watertight casket. That's right. I mean, they got them, and I'm like, you know why? Because eventually, if it is in the ground long enough, trust me, the water, the earth, the physical. Well, they started doing that because I mean, old brother Arthur made a movie about it. Because <laughs> down in the south, during certain floods, there have been caskets filled with dead people's bones. Floating around. Oh, it happened there. It happened there. That happens in Louisiana all the yeah, time. Because down here, it rains. Yeah. And it floods. And you can't bury a hole deep enough to where it is, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So you say, what do you do? It doesn't matter. No. I mean, if the, if the person was in the Lord, the body, whatever matter that is left, because, you know, we came up with a rule mm -hmm. saying matter can't be created or destroyed. There's a glorified. They, let, they, they left out one phrase by of that. people. <laughs> Ex unless you're God. That's right. Well, then he can take whatever's invisible and whatever the dust and the ashes and just you're, you're back. I do. I do find it interesting, Jace, that that you're right. We have that immutable law, you know, of in all of our laws we make up gravity, thermodynamics, all that. But it is interesting that God, in His infinite wisdom, chose which He could create anything however he wanted out of thin air whatever i mean he started the whole universe so i think he could do what he wanted but he chose i'm assuming as a symbol for us to create adam out of dirt from earth which is our home and to create eve from adam out of a rib i mean again he didn't create her out of the same substance he created her 
I mean, created him. He, he created her something different. But sort of, because he came from the dirt. Well, it is. That's, that's right. right. So, But, I mean, don't you think it find it interesting that God could have done it however he wanted to do it, but he did it that way? We're promised a glorified body. We're not that yet. So this is identified by Peter and Paul as temporary housing. We live in these bodies. The, the way it works out is it wears out. All tents do. They're temporary. They, they just you can't keep the thing. <laughs> can't keep it going. No can't way. keep it going. Yeah. So you see, he said, when you get out of that phase, as soon as you pass on, the next phase is pass you're, a better you're fully pass alive on. and you're cognizant of what's going on. You know you made it. Yeah. It's and, not the word pass. That's and right. now you're looking at the right. next body yeah. that's ready. And when the sky parts and you look at Jesus, you say, who's he coming with? The, the souls and spirits of the saved. You say, why come back? The bodies. Right. He's going to give you a, a glorified body. That's why he's coming back. Well, yeah. we're jumping ahead, but a- actually, oh, he answered the question in 1535 when he said, someone may ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? He actually said that's a dumb question. Yeah. How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. Yep. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps wheat or something else. The key phrase is the next verse. God gives it a body as he is determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. That's why you have all the crops out there. That's why I always go back to a watermelon seed or corn. Why are all these evidences that we take for granted that the non-God-believing world just they attach a word like photosynthesis or they analyze all this stuff. But God's making it grow. You you can't come up with the reasoning. He puts a, a acorn in the ground and then a, come back 100 years and you're like, what? Huh? And they're like, oh, that's photosynthesis, Jace. <laughs> well, who is that? <laughs> I mean, that's the greatest thing ever. I mean, oh, yeah. you just, we just well, come up with terms and phrases because we literally can't wrap our head around what's going on around us. But not only is it a not only is it a you know bull oak tree, but all around it are other oak trees that have come out of the same acres. You know, thousands. Well, I mean, it's got a different body. So I I I tend to think when I go under the ground, or even if I'm hit by the missile. When I come back, it's like the acorn and, and the oak tree. I mean, I'm liable to look vastly different. I mean, you probably recognize me. I mean, that's God's call on that. So I'm looking at it more like that. It's God gives it a body. We're planting the seed. And, I mean, Jesus came back, but all his his bells and whistles of his body were quite spectacular. He was able to shape shift every. Thing that a Hollywood movie has tried to do, he pulled it off. I mean, he could change the way he looked. He could go through invisible walls. He could fly without any kind of mechanical device. He, so, I mean, don't let Arnold Schwarzenegger steal your faith. You know, when he said, I'll be back. <laughs> no, we will be back. For real. Not just something in a movie. Well, I mentioned, uh, last podcast, I mentioned Job. And which Job is just full of nuggets of wisdom. But you remember when he lost everything in the first chapter? I mean, his kids, he lost his all his possessions. It all in a in a puff of smoke, he lost everything. He fell to the ground in worship, and said, "Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart." The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And I saw when we look at death, and we look at how we came. And how we go, and you're here for that section of time, I mean, it, ultimately we worship God, we praise Him, and we realize that eternity does matter. It's riding on it. It's riding on it. I mean, everything rides on it. Everything rides on it. Which is very powerful. <clears throat> so I think that's a, anyway, back to, I don't know where we got down this rabbit hole, but it's 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 powerful idea that, oh, we were talking about people mourning and trying to figure out how to mourn the right way. And uh, I do appreciate the sister for Honestly, she was saying, I'm hurting in this, but so we're trying to console her to let her know that, look, that's the cycle of what God wants. I mean, we're going to live here, but ultimately we praise him, you know, for a life lived, which is what we should do. Um, Let's take a break. 
you know, Dad always say that on our hunting property, we we're really into slow growing trees. You know, like cypress trees. Well, most trees willows, grow slow. willows and cypress grow quickly. But there are fast. Willows are the fastest growing tree I've ever run up on. Well, and there you go. So we do have some fast growing trees. We have some fast there. growing trees. So the trees that we put around our house, um, you know, in our nice neighborhoods, Dad. Or, or these kind of trees, fast-growing trees, because you need them to really, you know, spruce your look up around your house. Lisa and I ordered some of these last year. We're about to order some new ones for this spring. Perfect time of year, working on the flower beds, trying to get some of the stuff that has died through the year, putting some new stuff in there. Their product is fantastic. you got a 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, which means you can trust it. It's going to come there. It's ready to plant. Uh, we love it. It's good product fastgrowingtrees.com slash Robertson and you're going to get 15% off your entire order. 15% off fastgrowingtrees.com slash Robertson. Check them out. So I think in a way we've kind of you know swerved into what I wanted to talk about today to set us up for 1 Corinthians 14. Last podcast, Dad... I thought I had a brilliant point about the language side of it that this church is struggling with because of these spiritual gifts and how you have to you go back to Genesis 11 and Acts 2 is really on the only two other places you see you know where this comes from and why it's so powerful and then we get into in the Corinthian church and they're having some issues but I want to go back a little bit I preached a sermon this past week and cuz we're a little bit behind in our sermon series and we're on the podcast from 1 Corinthians 11, and which really starts this section from 11, 12, 13, and 14. It's kind of a new set of issues that the Corinthian church is dealing with. And we've already dealt with what's in 11, which was women and men and what was going on with that, but then also about the Lord's Supper, which they were having issues with how they were treating each other. And then we had the love chat. We had the spiritual gifts because you know they were people were putting too much emphasis on this person or that person. And I got this gift, you got that gift. And then we get to thirteen, which talks about kind of the encompassing thing that makes it all work. That we're lacking true love for one another, and so we got into that. And then we're about to get into fourteen, which is kind of the issues they were having with those gifts. This is how they were misapplying it. But before we got there, I wanted to bounce this off of y'all. What I talked about yesterday as a setup, because when we talked about it before, I didn't dive quite as deep into it as I did this last week. So part of the issue, I think, and going back to first Corinthians 11 was because when you get to 14, he, he talks about orderly. He uses that word later in the chapter orderly. When you're together, it's not orderly, you know, and it's the same thing with, with what was happening with the Lord's supper. And I thought about that idea of God's order you know, why, why do we have order? You know, what's the purpose of order? Because we'll talk about in our current culture about law and order. You know, we want to be able to have order so that we can have peace and so that we can have functionality, right? I mean, we, we to have that in a society. Without love, is his point to them, it won't be orderly. Exactly. You'll have chaos, right? I mean, yeah. that's what it creates, chaos and confusion. Every time. So we made the point in 1 Corinthians 11, which I fully agree with, that the whole issue there is about veils and hair and coverings and this and that, and people have made so much about all that through the years, but it really boiled down to really a simple thing. Men who were made men should look like and act like men. Women who were made by God in his order from man should look like and act like a woman. I mean, that's what was happening in the, in this problem in the, in the Corinthian church. And he goes into all these different ways of describing it. So I talked about that yesterday about why God creates us. But one of the things we miss, I think, when the idea about the order of God is that just because God has an order doesn't mean he values anybody any differently. In other words, inside the Godhead itself, you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Well, none of those are valued any less within the deity. In other words, the Son, because he says, I submit to the Father, that doesn't make him less valuable as being Not part at all. of who God is. Same with the Spirit, who's, who Paul said is the mind of Christ, who lives in us. 
So his role is different. And so it's the same thing with the roles of men and women, roles of husband and wife, roles yeah, of mom and dad. Races of people and... Gen- applies yeah, to everything. Yeah. the We're all valued as masterpieces made by God Almighty on purpose with a plan. So I, fe- I felt like that when I went back through that and preached that sermon, that it really brought back to the forefront of the main problem going in in Corinth by their lack of love, by their division and trying to hold up men instead of God, all the things we've been reading about, that ultimately they just were getting out of what God called them to do. If you're getting drunk on the wine that represents the blood of Jesus that removed your sins and you're mm-hmm. getting drunk over it, you you got a real problem here. That's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, really in any setting that would be inappropriate, but especially yeah. when you were coming together, right, to, to glorify God Yeah, in the process. That's why about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. That's why that statement is there before he begins his discussion. Right. You, you, you're, you, you, you're getting drunk on the blood of Jesus, and you're supposed to be remembering that you were bought and paid for. Right. You, are y'all crazy? I mean, he basically, that, I'm just putting words in his mouth, but, but, you know, these three remain after the first look into gifts and the problems they had with it. I'll show you a better way. These three remain. All these other things, give it time, and they'll all pass away. Right now, you're what this Bible would. They they they're having the original letters. They read. It's in book form now. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Before this became in book form for everybody in their own language, worldwide. Now this should this should show you the way right here. Yeah. Love's the way. Faith. Without it, you can't be saved. Hope, the resurrection's there for the taking, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So his point is, and I just put it in about three sections. If I come to you and speak in tongues, other languages, what what good will I be unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy? We have all the prophecy written down now, Al. Right. We have a, we have a, we we go by the book now. But they didn't have this. Right. Well, you just think about how much difficult it'd be if you didn't have the scriptures like we now have in front of us today. If you didn't have that as research material, you'd be all over the board. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. I can see how it's the pains of childbirth kind of yeah. situation. Well, and you got to recall, the, the church here is is new. Yeah. I mean, it's only been established, you know, a, a little bit of time and, here. And a lot of members are coming out of that temple up there. That's right. Where all in the horse, where all the horse stay. And they're all coming down in here. And to put it mildly, this was a, uh, to, to use an old rock and roll term, this was a motley crew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what Down to where you couldn't even tell what it was you were talking to, right. a man or a woman. It just created a lot of friction which within is the why, body. Which is why the gender issue and not understanding. It's still here. It's still here. It's still it, here. And in fact, you know, I said that yesterday, Dad, in our culture, without thinking about the glory of God, because that's what we're talking about here. How do we bring God glory? Yep. How do we lead other people to him? Because remember that section started in 11. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Yeah, one of our one of our convertees, a guy that we help help out, uh, he lived that particular lifestyle for fifteen years. So he came out of it. He's now going around all over the United States, pointing people to Jesus. And he said he was telling me yesterday. He said there was people he was talking to that he couldn't. He didn't really know what they were, man or woman. Right. He said he worked with some over the weekend. He just. He said, you, you don't even know what you're talking to. Right. No, uh, I had the same, Jeff and I, on our last trip, there was a person turned around because I was actually filming on my phone like because we were headed to our next TV. Mm-hmm. So they, it's, it's so difficult now to film in the airport system because everybody has a mask on and all this stuff, you know. So I... I was like, I'm not filming myself with a mask on in the airport because they just said, "Well, just film yourself, y'all, y'all coming up here." I was like, "Hey, I'm 
I'm on one side of the camera and you're on the other. But anyway, I said, well, I'll see what I can do. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll film out the window, just not us. Yeah. I thought it'd be too weird. I was like, they're not going to run that anyway. Right. So I'm like setting my phone up, you know. Well, I'm goofing off because I'm filming. You got to realize the show, kind of like our little duck show, it's an embellished version of this. Right. So I said, and I said it loudly because I'm filming myself that it actually may be on TV. I said, let me get a, let me film this in case this thing crashes. Well, when I said that, the person in front of me, male or female, I do not know, said, well, we don't want this to crash. It, it caused fear, and and I, and, and uh, the person said, well, where are you from? And I said, Louisiana. And they said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's the I made this out. person mad. I don't know what's happening. The jump that I was discussing, was this a male or female? And Jeff's like, no idea. I was like, I don't either. I just, you could not tell. Right. And uh, Well, so my, my that's what uh, Jeffrey, that's the guy's name that, we converted out of that background, he, and he he and he has done wonders with just pointing them to Jesus. We love him, and he's telling me about the ones who got out of that particular lifestyle twenty years, living with the same sex. He said they're on their 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 path of faith now. Yeah. So he said, "Well, and that's that that was my point. Let's take a break." My point is. God has an order. He has an order of how he made things, how he is, how he is in his own, because we're creating his image. When we get out of that order, we lose functionality, peace, you know, trust, love. And we gain, what we gain is chaos, confusion. And wouldn't you say in this current movement we're talking about with what you were describing, Jace? Most of the time, you don't have to follow it very long before we see chaos, confusion. It's there. I mean, and it, I'll say this: how I was uh, engaging, and because I didn't want to burn a bridge, because then it led to, you know, I would say, "Well, I'm filming, and you know, introducing ourselves." And but I was very, at no time did I say anything yeah. about my confusion or laugh or even right. wonder, because I thought there's value. This person is made by God, right? And, that's right. And they may be confused, or but maybe they're not. But I'm confused. Yeah. So, and I know and that's that, my point is that, yeah. and you're trying to introduce them to the God of order. Well, right. You know, and who can change their life? I think the problem is I don't want to get like controversial, but we when we uh, shared this in Romans nine, I just think a lot of people look around and they think, man, there's a lot of bad people here, and there's a lot of good people. There's a lot of confused people there but we can all agree that we're all different yep. and the things we share uh you know we we all make mistakes and different things and we're all going to die things like that but i think people when they see bad things happen they're like well there can't be a god if there was a god why, why don't he just wipe these people out you know, we see this war going in on in ukraine yeah. but i think paul addressed that in romans 9 and we went through it, and I think having the context matters. But if you just pick out a couple of verses where it says, uh, Romans nine twenty says, But who are you, O man, to talk back to God? Shall what is form say to him who formed it? Why did you make me like this? Which I don't think we... There's a few people that, that, that I know that struggle with just their identity, and they ask that question. Why'd yeah. you make me like this? I don't like this. I, so they either get angry at God or, but a lot of us, more than a few, we like to look at other people and say, well, why did, why'd you make them? Or, you know, or, right. or why don't you take them out? Or you, you can't be loving or you wouldn't do that. So then he says, does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay, some pottery for noble purposes and some for common use? And I think people really have a problem with that. Why? Why? If there's a God, why would God make people who grow up and kill other people? Yeah. I mean, why don't He just control 
the situation. But, I mean, my answer would be he just creates the process of which we all find ourselves ultimately dependent on him. Every, all of life's tragedy and difficulty leads you to saying, there's a God, I'm not him, but I would really... I really need him. Uh, I, he he made me for a purpose. It's just I I just I'm not saying I have all the answers. I just think this is the frustration that he and that he was trying to address that people have. Right. Yeah, he didn't make work. a bunch of robots. We all have choices. Have choices. But you know, I think the more we've moved away culturally from just a godliness in general, even if you weren't a true believer, but it permeated. What was the stat Mom gave you? The... In 1965, they did a survey, and 75% of America said religion is a serious factor that should be lifted up and held up and practiced for a nation. It was 1965. Almost 60 years ago. Almost 60 years ago. The year I was born. They did one recently, and that group now has dropped down to 49% say religion is relevant in today's right. culture. It's dropped from 75 to 49. It's uh, And that's my point. So what you're... I, I kind of thought that is about half, about half of us. But now, 320 million people or so, half of them saying, religion, nah, you don't need that. Right. And, so and again... we're discussing here on this podcast for our listeners, uh, half of us are saying... I'm not. I don't care about all that. And and to Jay, Jay's makes this point a lot, and I agree with him. A lot of that's our own fault. And I say our meaning religious or faithful no, people, because we we've put we've put out we've taken something so good and wonderful and turned it into a bad product for people, which is unfortunate, but it happens. So the my point is the further we move away from God's established order, and people don't even know, even by association, yep. we're going to create more chaos, more confusion more opportunities for war and anything against love, which is what we were talking about in First Corinthians. It calls for love and forgiveness, repentance and forgiveness to be always front and center. Faith, hope, and love, you say, you know, the greatest of these is love. You see that, you're like, yep, we need to be aware of that. But it's hard to love people once a week in a building. The next thing. Not enough. No, if that's, yeah, Jesus that's said, all you got. Jesus said, go, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go make disciples of all nations, you know, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. So you fast forward a couple thousand years, and it's like the, the American model is just a series of tents scattered throughout the nation. Ain't nobody going anywhere. I mean, they go to the building, and they go home, and then live their life. Right. So I'm saying, I think that's... Part of what happened, it, it became trying to believe everything right. Just and, a little ritual. Yeah, instead of promoting who God is through Jesus in your everyday life and how you act and your character. 168 hours in a week. In a couple of hours, you drive two miles to the local church, sit there and listen to whatever happens. You get up, and that's the last time you think about that. It's, it just doesn't go deep enough. Yeah. It's not enough not enough training, not enough thought. It's just not enough. Well, but, and, but you got to live, though, I'm saying, in real life. I mean, even like I'm doing this TV show, it's a worldly venture, let's face it. But I'm trying to use it as a platform to get the gospel out. Well, But, it, but what I was going to say is the inner workings of it, like the main uh, the showrunner had an accident happen in her family, and... She was supposed to be here, but this traumatic event happened. She calls me, and she's like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're not coming here. You take care of your fam- family's way. I'm not worried about this. Compare, you know, yeah. It'll be all right. This is in the Lord's hand. But what I'm saying is it wasn't Sunday morning. I didn't have to hear a sermon over this to value people in a situation. To me, that's where you live like Christ. You're like, that's right. if this... You know, when something traumatic happens, you, you you do what the Lord would want you to do. You it's, deal with it, it. it. Yeah, you deal with it. And it doesn't matter that it was Sunday morning. or Well, through that, obviously, that led to having more spiritual conversations. 
because it was shocking that I would just say, well, don't we have an agreement? Don't you have a job here? I was like, oh, you take as long as you need. You know, God's got this. Let's take our last break. No, that's a perfect point, though, Jace, to my point, is that you mentioned about production, because we were in production for so long in our other show, the, the other little duck show, that if you don't have God as the ultimate, whatever your organization is, whatever, if that's not determining your value in your order, then you'll come up with, you have to have some other way to establish order. Mm-hmm. Well, most say it's a contract. Or well, a contract says this, and we got to do that. And if now I've got something I can't control, some situation beyond my control, but it really needs to be dealt with. And what you did was say, well, "I don't care about a contract. I care about you." <laughs> oh yeah, I'll that's just, the I'll, difference. You see what I'm saying? I made a couple of handshake deals on contracts that people were shocked, and my advisors, because we all have our team, said, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Well." Because I don't care in this case if I'm done wrong. It, right. So they don't pay me. So they go back on the work fine with me. I got I got enough to get by. It's not like yep. but I, I I'm I'm willing every once in a while when the situation sets up to make a spiritual decision out of principle. Cause to me that's gonna lead to how I can share why I'm doing this. That's right. Which is my hope. And trust and faith is in a greater power, and ultimately, I believe I'll be resurrected. Which, by the way, was the yeah. point of the whole Old Testament: is if you put it down to having to find hope in eternity in the letter of the law, you will yeah. always find yourself lacking. So, what we tend to miss when you read, when you get to about languages, when you get to First Corinthians, by the time you get to fourteen, I'll just give you this right quick: follow the way of love you Corinthians, and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. That's one. If I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you unless I bring some kind of revelation or knowledge or instruction? That's two. Verse 10, undoubtedly there's all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. There's no such thing as a as, a, as a, a tongue, a language that nobody knows what it is. None of them's without meaning. Verse 18, thank God, this is throughout the final wrap-up for Paul to the Corinthians. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. He said, I, I can speak in any language. I go worldwide from where, where I started. But in the church, I'd rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue, and you could add that they don't understand. Brothers, he tells them this. He started with, I don't want you to be ignorant. He ends with, brothers, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. Then he makes this point going out. Tongues then are are a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. They've never heard about Jesus. You've got the power to speak to them in their language. Prophecy, however, is for believers, not for unbelievers. If the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and some do not understand or some unbeliever comes in, will will they not say you're out of your mind? But if an unbeliever and someone comes in does not understand, he comes in while everybody's prophesying that he can understand, he'll be convinced by all that he's a sinner and be judged by all and the secrets of his heart will be laid bare if he's understanding what you're saying, you'll never do it unless you're speaking his language. So he'll fall down and worship and say, God is, is real. And then the verse 33, God is not a God of disorder, yep. but of peace. And then he gets to 1 Corinthians 15 and he says, look, let me remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. He's talking about what happened to get them there to begin with? By this gospel, you're saved. That's what saves you. None of this other stuff. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you've believed in vain. Y'all just need to keep it, get back to Jesus and your faith in his death, burial, and resurrection. Because what I received, I passed on to you, and this explains it, as of first importance. 
This is the most important thing. Not all of what y'all are jumping up and down about who can outdo who on the, on, the, on, the, on the tongues. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and that he was raised on the third day. So that's pretty well the way the Apostle Paul tied it all together at the end. And it makes sense to me. I mean, but, what are you supposed to walk away with here? You're supposed to walk away saying, I need to focus on the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. And loving people. Yeah. Having faith and hope and then sharing that with the world. I'm not sure what it's not rocket where science. all this other stuff gets gets thrown around. The evil one steps in, does he puts his licks in there, but you know, Some I go back have. to getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. You're like, Well Man. what I'm saying is I see a lot of religious people arguing over First Corinthians fourteen and arguing over First Corinthians twelve and First Corinthians eleven. And that's right in the middle of two of the greatest chapters. And that's right in now, the middle 13 of... 13, love. And, de, and, and, and what it says is, don't be arguing with one another. And 15, we're talking about reminder of the gospel and the whole thing's about the resurrection. Yeah. By the way, there were a we lot of them in there. Here? There were a lot of them in there, amazing as it sounds. If it's preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, here's, I wonder if this was a problem. How can some of you say that there's no resurrection of the dead? So the, the problems were deep here, deeper. Right. And it was causing all this chaos. He's trying to straighten it up. But hey, a, people, who am I? I'm just stuff. some redneck down on the riverbank, <laughs> but I'm like, you all know. Right. Well, we have a little more time to, to finish that, tie that thought off before we get to 15. A couple of things I mentioned here in closing. Um, uncanceled, uh, still for sale, Amazon.com, wherever you buy books. Be sure to get the, to pick you up a book. It's a wonderful book, and also do a review on it. If you want the uh, overtime that we're about to do, you go to blazetv.com slash unashamed to be able to subscribe. And that's not only to get that for you to have some more content, but it also supports Blaze. Because of them, we have a podcast. So we want to encourage you to do that. And one last thing, philrobertson.substack.com. Dad's got a lot of material it's on Substack now, which is can't be censored, which is why we love that. Also, Blaze can't be censored uh, as well. That's why we love both these outlets. So check them out, and uh, we'll uh, have a few more thoughts in overtime from First Corinthians 14. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.